0: To spend this Christmas Eve with all of you. After the Bible study, we're going to spend some time with our Calvary Kids Christmas Choir. So, looking forward to, to that. But before we get there, I'd like to spend some time considering Christ being the center of our celebration. And for those of you parents who have kids that are squirmy and squealy, that's okay tonight. We encourage it. Once a year, I love reminding parents why we have a children's policy that, uh (laughs) hey, if you would, let's take a moment just to go before the Lord in prayer. If you would, let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for this church family. and We thank you for this opportunity that we have to sing your praises and to study your word. And as we're all super excited to celebrate your birthday, Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified, that you would be the center of our attention tonight. And that this congregation would be blessed by you. Once again, it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. When it comes to our annual Christmas celebrations, I'm sure we all, all have a favorite tradition. There are lo- the, those who love the traditional time we spend with family and friends. Then there are those who love spending their time away from family and friends in the kitchen, you know, preparing The traditional meal. Some people love the tradition of giving gifts. Others love the tradition of receiving gifts. There are those who love to decorate their homes with all of the tinsel and trappings that fill our hearts with a sense of wonder. And, you know, there, there are so many different traditions connected to this holiday that I'm sure we all look forward to. And if you're one of those who loves the tradition of decorating your home, then the chances are you spent a great deal of time you know, decorating your home with Christmas lights. Anybody here have Christmas lights on their house? I'm sure we all love to see the beautiful Christmas lights that illuminate our neighborhoods. Brenda and I always spend at least one evening around Christmas driving around, looking at different Christmas lights. And, and for years I've done this, and I've, I've, I've began to cater, categorize people Uh, into different groups based on what I believe to be different philosophies on the proper way to decorate your home for the holiday. For example, there is the minimalist approach, which is typically used by a husband who is only putting up lights because his wife made him do it. This guy typically hangs a single strand of lights under the awning on the front side of the house. Then there's the purist. You know, the purist thinks that all Christmas lights should be white lights only that don't ever blink. Blinking is out. Colorful lights are out. It's got to be white lights. And they usually have a couple of deer in the yard, which are also then lit up with white lights. We call this white light Christmas privilege. But that's... That's another issue altogether. There are those who still have disco fever left over from the 70s. These people decorate their their homes like a disco ball with strobe lights and, you know, projections. And, you know, all of this is synced up with some sort of playlist of EDM Christmas songs. I'm sure we've all seen the houses where inflatable decorations fill every square inch of the yard. And let's be honest, you know, there's typically no rhyme nor reason to the inflatable decorations that they chose along the way. There's the snowman, which is right next to the minion wearing the red scarf as they do. There's Santa riding a dinosaur for some strange reason, and that's always next to, you know, the Yoda baby, the child wearing a Santa hat. There's usually a huge snow globe with some sort of winter scene inside next to a penguin, you know, carrying a candy cane. <laughs> My personal favorite is the, the yards that are decorated with a, a wonderful display of the nativity scene. I love coming across those homes, and they're becoming fewer. And well, I'll have to go check that one out. And there are different kinds of nativity scenes that we, that we find in yards. You know, some, some people put up the silhouette version, others use the newer inflatables. Some nativity scenes include life-sized mannequins, as the manger scene is lit up with LEDs. Others use scale-sized plastic replicas that are lit up from within. But regardless of the style of these nativity scenes, each one ought to remind us that the very first Christmas light ever was the baby Jesus. The very first Christmas light ever is the baby Jesus. And to prove my point, well, I want to consider something that the Apostle John wrote in the first chapter of his gospel account. If you would look with me there at the screen, you can read along. It's here in John chapter 1, where John declares In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made. That was made. In him was life, and notice, the life was the light of men. Here in these verses, we find John, he's writing about this person whom he calls the light of men. And according to John, this person who is the light of men, well, he was there when? In the beginning. He was there in the beginning with God because he is, in fact, God. The light of men is also the one who has given us life. I want to consider again how John puts it there in John chapter 1, verse 3. Here again we learn that all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In other words, this person who is the light of men is also our creator who made everything. In order to grasp what John was saying, I want to consider the creation account which is found in Genesis chapter 1. You see it's here in Genesis chapter 1 where we find Moses and he declares this. He says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, here in the beginning of the Bible, here in the book of beginnings, we find God the Father creating the universe along with the Holy Spirit hovering over the face of the waters. And in light of these things, I want to remind you that it was back in John chapter 1 there we learned that it was also in the beginning. Where we find the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Now as we combine the creation account of Moses found in Genesis chapter 1. And we combine this together with the gospel according to John. We're led to believe here that there is one God who eternally exists as three co-equal persons, which include the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Word, whom we call the Son. And the Word, who is the light of men, has not only given us light, but he's given us life. With that, we should ask: well, then, who is the light of men who has given us life? And Uh, In order to answer this question, we only need to look back to the gospel of John. So if you would look with me here at John chapter 1, I want to direct your attention to verse 14, because here John goes on to tell us that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Here in this verse, we learn that the word of God, who was with God and who was God, Well, he eventually became a human and dwelt among us. He became a human and and, and tabernacled among us. This, of course, is a reference to the day when the Virgin Mary gave birth to the light of men. What this means is that the baby Jesus was not only the human child of Mary, but he's also the word of God who was with God at the beginning of time. And the reason why is because he is God. God. This is exactly what the Lord revealed through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 9 where Isaiah declares this. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Creator, Prince of Peace. From this, we see that Jesus, the human child, was born on that first Christmas morning. And at the same time, we see that Jesus was also the son who was given as the infinite word of God was placed into the womb of the Virgin Mary. And what this also means then is that before Jesus was born as a human baby, his everlasting nature was already existing within the Godhead before he created the space and the time in which we live. And before he created the universe, our creator already decided to send us the greatest gift ever given by sending himself to become our savior. But now have you ever wondered what was it that led the light of men to come to the earth through the womb of the Virgin Mary? And what was it that led him to give himself for us on that first Christmas morning? Well, in order to answer this question, we should take a moment to ask, well, what leads any person to give a gift? Why do we look forward to giving gifts to one another? Now, there are different reasons for why we might be giving Christmas gifts this year, some are giving gifts in order to avoid the guilty feelings that arise whenever we receive a gift from someone that we didn't get a gift for. So, so why, do, why do these people give gifts? Just to avoid the guilt. Others simply purchase gifts because of peer pressure. You know, this is the social norm. This is what we do. So I have to go get some gifts for people, though I really don't want to spend my money. I don't, I'd rather spend my money on gifts than suffer the social shame of not being a gift giver. That is another reason. But then there are those who give gifts simply because we truly love the person that we purchase the gift for. We give gifts because we love them. Because we want to see them happy. Because we want to see them filled with joy. And as we consider the reasons for gift giving, we should take a moment to consider the reason why God the Father sent the gift of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. With this as the focus, if you would look with me here at John chapter 3, I want to focus your attention beginning at verse 16 because here Jesus declares, For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, here in this verse, Jesus tells us that God, in eternity past, was so moved by his infinite love that he decided to send us the greatest gift ever given. It was his pure and infinite love for us that led him to send this this gift wrapped in the flesh of humanity, which was formed within the womb of Mary. Mary gave birth to the baby Jesus, and Jesus is the greatest Christmas gift ever given. We should notice that this gift of love was given in order to meet our greatest need. As a matter of fact, notice again here in John chapter 3, verse 16. Here again, Jesus declares, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Here in these verses, we learn that this gift of love, which was delivered on that first Christmas morning, it was given so that those who will believe and receive by faith this free gift of grace can be saved from the perfect punishment that we all deserve. Please understand that according to Jesus, we're all hopelessly condemned without him. Without his free gift of grace, we are condemned because of all the sins that we've committed. Apart from the forgiveness that's found in Jesus Christ, we are all in really big trouble with God. Every person here in this room was born with a sin nature. And not only that, but we've also broken God's laws by breaking all the Ten Commandments. And therefore, we all deserve the perfect punishment of a righteous God. Therefore, our greatest need is forgiveness. And with that, we can be thankful that God sent a perfect present, a present which would free us from the punishment that we deserve. That's right. God loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. And while it's true that Christmas is the celebration of our Savior's birth, listen, it's important to understand that this incredible gift of grace was unwrapped on the day when Jesus died upon the cross for our sins. It was given at the time of conception and birth and fully realized there on the cross where Jesus received the punishment that we deserve so that we could receive the forgiveness that we don't deserve. And now those who trust in Jesus Christ can enjoy all of the spiritual blessings that are found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is exactly what Paul was writing about in the first chapter of his letter to the church in Ephesus. If you would look with me here at Ephesians chapter 1... to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Here we learn that God chose us in him before the foundation of the world all the way in eternity past. Before God created the universe, before he created the earth, before he put people on this planet, he already chose us in him. This decision was made so that we could receive the love of God, which causes us to become holy and blameless. And not only that, but he chose us to become his adopted children so that those who receive the gracious gift of God can also be accepted in the beloved Jesus Christ. And so according to Paul, God not only sent the gift of his only begotten son so that we could be saved from his righteous wrath but he also decided to send the gift of a Savior who could then provide us with access to every spiritual blessing which is found in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's not like the gifts that we receive here on earth where it's fun for a day or maybe a year. But by the next Christmas, we're already looking for something else. Jesus Christ is the gift that gives us access to all of the spiritual blessings which are found in heavenly places. God not only gave us the greatest gift of his only begotten son so that we might be accepted in the beloved and adopted into his heavenly family, but he also decided to send us a savior so that we could continue to receive every other spiritual gift that the Lord has for those who choose to receive the the gift of forgiveness, which is found at the foot of Christ's cross. Now, as we contemplate everything that we've considered on this Christmas Eve, I, I just want to conclude this special study by reminding you that long before Jesus was born, God already determined that he was going to send us the greatest gift ever. And then when the fullness of time came, God the Father sent God the Holy Spirit, to wrap up the gift of God the Son. And he wrapped that gift in human flesh there in the womb of the Virgin Mary. All of this was done so that Jesus could save us from the righteous wrath of God by providing us with access to a a free gift of forgiveness. It's for this reason that I encourage every person to receive the free gift of grace if you haven't already. And we receive the free gift of grace by trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. When we repent and trust in Jesus Christ, we receive the free gift of forgiveness, which covers all of our sins, past, present, and future. And after we receive the gift of God's glorious grace, we begin to enjoy all of the other spiritual blessings that are given to those who trust in the one who came to die for our sins. If you've already received the gift of grace, which is found in Jesus Christ, well, then I encourage you to share this good news with others so that every unbeliever might see the Christmas light of the Lord, which then illuminates his love for us. Christian, listen, Jesus is the light of the world, but now he's calling Christians to reflect his glorious light. He's calling Christians to reflect his light so that we can become the Christmas lights that help others to see the real reason for this season. I like the way that Jesus put it in Matthew chapter 5. It's there where he declares, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Much like the Christmas lights that light up the night during the month of December, we too should be shining the light of the Lord so that others can see our Savior Jesus in the way we live. And with this as the goal, I encourage every Christian in closing to remember Jesus is the real reason for this season because Jesus is the light of the world. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for coming to the earth covered in human frailty, living a sinless life and dying on the cross in our place. Thank you for receiving the punishment that we deserve so that we could receive the forgiveness that we don't deserve. Now, Lord, help this church to be a reflection of your pure light so that we can be that light that illuminates your love and so that that the unbelievers around us might come to you and be saved. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.